Padres, and welcome back to another episode of Dads Talking Dads. I forgot how to do the intro because I don't have the show notes up, but that is fine because I've got with me for this week, as always, my two great friends and, and two fellow dads. And I and, and at this point, I'm just going to completely change everything up. We're not even going to do the regular introductions. Um, so with me this week is terrific, I'll just say it, tan even though we're just going to use that word loosely. Terrific Tan Tony and uh, Jewel... Just really reaching for the alliteration. Yes, yes. Jewel of the Jubilee, Joel. Oh, God. Uh, with us here this week, as always. I just, I don't know. I, I love alliteration. That was a jangly, jestery intro from John. That's right. That just jovial, jangly. Hmm? I said just jovial. Just jovial. Yeah, I. Oh my gosh, J adjectives. Not many of them. Now that I try to think of no. them, no, it's no. Um, jackal. As a kid, is it jackal. What? <laughs> jackal, jackal, jackal. <laughs> as a as a kid in elementary school, we did a project. I still remember it to this day, where we had to come up with an adjective that started with the first letter of our name, and I came up with Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> it was second grade, if you can't tell. It's very Jeep. In that it is covered in dirt. Jeep Joel. <laughs> Jeep Joel. Oh you just imagine yourself as a Jeep or in a Jeep. Very Jeep-like. Yeah. Jeep-esque. You're like, Jeep-ish. I like adventures. People that drive Jeeps. Jeep-ish. I like that one. Yeah, they have adventures. So, oh. no, that, <laughs> that works perfectly. Um, I, 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 I forgot where I was going to I was gonna go next, but... Um, Today is the last game of the season. It's actually occurring right now. We're in, I think, the final couple innings. But more importantly, uh, the Padres are in the postseason, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today, um, and just kind of have a, a free flowing discussion um, of you know recent events and thoughts and and opinions. Um, but first things first. I mean, we were we're officially in the playoffs. We were thirty six and twenty three before today's game. Uh, we're currently, I believe, up five to three against the Giants. Yes, Rooster. It's been a while. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so we are we are for sure in the playoffs. I mean, I am I am massively excited. Were we? I don't think we were. Not last time we recorded was like almost a month ago. So we definitely weren't for sure like in the playoffs but we are we are for sure now in the playoffs um and uh i don't know this is the, I, I don't even know what to do with my hands guys i'm very excited i think the last time the padres were in the playoffs johnny you and i were well all three of us were still in high school mm-hmm. um, i think it was my sophomore year so perhaps tony might not have even been in high school yet if, if he was if it was 2000 2006 oh, five, wasn't it? oh is it 06 october 2006. So that would have made me a So junior. that would be. That would be. What year did you graduate? Yeah, that'd be freshman. Freshman oh. in high school for me. Nice. Just amazing. I know. And like you, you think it's of the so team then ways. too. I mean, we were like barely. <laughs> I think our winning percentage was like just over 500. I think we were. Was that the 82 and 80 season? No, yeah, the one where we just scrape. I think we still won the division with an eighty. Yeah, we, we won the division with eighty-two and eighty. And like, the, I mean, this this team. I mean, granted, it's a sixty-game season, but um, I think it, I was reading if they win today, they would end with a high, the highest winning percentage that they've ever had, um, which is which is pretty amazing. That is that, that's pretty fantastic. So I mean, definitely, I don't know. I just feel like possibly the most talented Padres team. This is for us only, but there's this 
almost disturbing light being cast on my face right now that I'm kind of uncomfortable with. <laughs> Looks like I have a like, like a, that that a, little a spirit a spirit possessing me or something <laughs> kind of uh, extremely distracted. He's a light. But what I was going to say is, speaking of 2006, I think it is official that we with the Brewers not beating the Cardinals, we will get the Cardinals. Oh, yes. For the wild okay. card round. Bring me beginning the on Wednesday. Goodness. Bring us the Redbirds. <laughs> bring us their heads on a silver platter. No, I bring mean, us he- them alive, and we will leave with their heads on silver platters. That's true. I'm so psyched. I mean, th- this team is I mean, it's the second best team in baseball, right? Uh, just judging by the record, I mean, I-, I think they're the best team in baseball if you uh, set the record aside. It's a bit of a stretch. The Dodgers are a very good team, begrudgingly. But <laughs> that said, I, I'm not concerned all that much about playoff matchups because I know that the road is going to lead to the Dodgers if we're going to make a deep run or you know actually get a shot at the World Series this year. So uh, I, I don't really – you know, first round doesn't matter to me because we should be able to uh, pretty handily defeat any of the first-round challengers we might face um, if we really feel like we've got a, a, an actual – chance at uh you know getting the last laugh against the dodgers and, and going after that world series that said i do like the poetic justice angle it's going to be a great storyline when we finally get over that that hump and get the get the cardinals in the playoffs let's sweep them too for the full poetic justice that would be awesome only needs to be two games that's right totally that's doable right. totally doable for a sweep um I'll, I'll chime in really quick before passing it back to you johnny um i think as a whole for this episode i'm going to resist the typical Padres fan pessimism that is hammered into each of us through a decade plus of heartbreak. <laughs> part of me wants to lean into part of me wants to lean into it, but I will not. And I will say leading into Wednesday, I am very, very happy that this weekend, it seemed like the bats finally woke up a little bit. Tatis hit two bombs and I think he hit a double as well. His swing is looking uh, like it did earlier in the season. He seems happier. He's smiling. Uh, he's a very um, expressive guy. When he's slumping, he looks like the most miserable person in the world. And when he's on fire, it looks like he doesn't care about anybody else. He's just having so much fun. Uh, he's looking a little more normal. Obviously, Manny is still hot. Mitch Moreland, who has been very ice cold. And I know, Johnny, on the last episode, you and I were talking about how much we love that trade. And then, of course, he stunk for the month after we talked about it but he is finally heating up a little bit um fam is heating up a little bit i mean if they can keep that going into the playoffs i feel really really good about like you said joel very tempted to just say jewel for the entirety of this podcast but (laughs) (laughs) joel uh any matchup uh it's you know i know this term is used in football all the time any given sunday but it really does feel like that this year for baseball because there's just so much uh chaotic energy around everything i mean the marlins are in and in with a plus 500 record uh the reds are in and i know they had the pitching on paper but i don't think any of us expected them to be this like the scariest possible first round opponent in the playoffs they just scream upset um so it'll be a lot of fun i'm glad the offense is there uh we obviously have some pitching concerns that i think we'll touch on afterwards but johnny how are you feeling heading into wild card round against the cursed cursed cardinals oh man so yeah i feel weirdly good um which is maybe a bad sign as i always feel like I'm. it's scary i don't jinx. like that yeah no i i, I definitely don't like um 
but uh, I feel encouraged because I know we like we had some we had I think it was one game I think it was Saturday, that was fr- Thursday or Friday um, where it was like Lamette went out Myers went out and um, someone as well and then Clevenger had had gone out like a day or two before um, but like since then um, Lamette we figured out he has bicep tightness and he might go Padres have, have said they think he should go game one um, Clevenger I guess played like catch on Saturday and didn't have any pain um, he apparently also had bicep tightness um, which they were saying could be an elbow impingement but they also said they checked his UCL and it's fine so that's like there was a lot of worry and then there was a lot of like everyone kind of took themselves out to be safe and like we're glad they did that was I, that, at least that was kind of what they're saying ideally you know hopefully that's actually true and they're not just kind of sugarcoating everything so we don't freak out um but assuming all of that's correct i mean i think even even myers his quad tightness said he was he was better and he was in today's lineups it seems like everyone there was a little bit of a worry but then everyone uh made it out relatively unscathed so assuming that lamette and clevenger are healthy the playoffs then I am I am not too worried because those two with weirdly enough Zach Davies like I'm weirdly comfortable with him as well just kind of seems to go out there and he's like well I guess I'm just gonna toss these uh, 80 88 mile an hour sinkers here and no one's gonna hit them and here's my wicked changeup that again no one will hit very weird it's like having Trevor Hoffman as a star like you're just like he's just relying on this like 74 mile an hour change I'm how getting um so with those three I I, I don't feel too worried and even more honed like pitching wise that was my my worry weirdly again a very weird padre um that's the opposite i'm weirdly feeling good i don't know we'll see and then we could even potentially upset the dodgers in round two. i don't know i don't like this nice i mean feeling. it 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 is weird and again <laughs> resisting wrong about it <laughs> resisting the pessimism uh when you're talking about the injuries we are so used to like the vague runaround with injuries where i mean earlier this year it was like pomerantz is good to go pomerantz is good to go Pomerantz is good to go. Now he's on the 10-day IL. And you're like, what the f- I thought he was good to go. (laughs) Good to go to the IL? Yeah, I see that. Um, But going to take it at face value. Uh, There have been videos of, like, Lamette out on the field, like, playing catch, like he would normally do after a start. So stuff like that is pretty encouraging because if they wanted to keep it under wraps, would keep it literally under wraps and there wouldn't be any footage of him coming out. He'd be, you know, behind closed doors because they don't want anybody to know how he's doing. So stuff like that is promising. Um, I am really curious about the Dodgers first round opponent. If it's the Reds, I will probably watch those games because I think there's a the Reds are pretty bad at the plate, which worries me. But I mean, I don't know if you get seven or eight innings out of Bauer, you only need two maybe three runs and you have a chance at winning that game and then you only need one more total upset to take a series so it's uh it is even though it's three games as opposed to one it is still a very wild wild card round i would say um if they don't get the reds i'm probably not going to watch because they're probably going to bludgeon whoever they play like if they get the marlins well i don't oh i do not feel good brewers are going to lose to st louis so i would surprise if they're in yeah brewers are the they also feel like the team um wow yeah, don't love that. Not not super strong. Especially no. when we took, you know, two guys who... <laughs> you mean Eric Lauer isn't lighting it up with his 10-plus ERA? He's lighting something up. I don't know. <laughs> it does take a lot of lights to show that ERA on the, yes. uh, the scoreboard. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Speaking of great, though, um, I've, I've been taking a peek while you guys were having that little conversation uh, at the uh, league leaders for the National League uh, batting and pitching. There's a lot to like about these... Uh, 
leaderboards here. Yeah. So starting, of course, on the hitting side, we've got Fernando Tatis Jr., who has uh, pulled back into a tie for the NL lead for home runs with 17. Uh, but right behind him in a three-way tie for third is Manny Machado. There may be more than three. It's just all the, the list is showing right now. But a three-way apparent tie with Cole Calhoun and Adam Duvall. But, I mean, to see multiple Padres atop the home run leaderboard, I mean, even, what, two, three years ago would have just been just completely unheard of. It just doesn't happen. It's not something the Padres do. Um, RBI, Manny Machado third, Fernando Tatis Jr. fourth. Uh, let's see, stolen bases, Fernando Tatis Jr. fourth with 11 stolen bases. Uh, hits, Manny Machado fourth place, 68. So that's the hitting side. This team is, gosh, like it's not a scrappy underdog team that is, is just scraping into a wild card like we would expect a Padres team to uh, get into the playoffs with. It's, it, it's not that kind of ethos. It's not that kind of team. Um, this team is legitimately good. It's all coming together like we've uh, foreseen, sort of. I think we adjusted to 2021, maybe prematurely, Johnny, when we talked <laughs> talked about the Padres being the 2021 World Series champions. Oh, yeah. but, uh, I mean, that pitching side is amazing, too. Uh, Zach Davies, who I admittedly childishly made fun of his name as sounding like a, like an eight-year-old kid. Uh, <laughs> Listen, he, I mean, he also gets like clowned on it. on Twitter in a loving way for looking like everyone's math teacher. <laughs> yeah. But little Zach Davies yeah. has seven wins, and that's tied for second in the NL. Uh, rookie, rookie of the and year. Then, <laughs> out there like, Denelson wow. Lamette is... Uh, third in ERA in the National League. I believe he's fifth in the league with an ERA of 2.09. Um, yeah. So yes, I am yeah, uh, on the same boat as you, Johnny. I'm really hoping that that's just a precautionary. He came out because he felt something was just the slightest bit off and he's not risking anything at all and came out. Um, uh, let's see. Tied for third with you, Darvish, for strikeouts. 93. Uh, yeah. Behind Trevor Bauer in second with 100. But, uh, I mean, this, this team... Again, is it's not just a, a barely got into the, the wild card kind of team. Um, they're not a last in team. They're the second best team in baseball for a reason. This team can beat any team in this field of the playoffs, and I want to see them do it. And I think they can, and I think they will. Did you guys know that the Padres lead the entire major leagues in stolen base? I mean, at least I think that's I coming into that. today. But yeah, they were. Um... I did. Trent Grisham has ten stolen bags. Wait a minute. Bags. Wait a minute. And ten homers, I think, as well. Wow. The vaunted 10-10 yeah. okay. season. Yeah. <laughs> Got thrown up. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, if you think about it, okay, that's like, so 60 is what, like two and a half? Or, I mean, 162 is like two and a half of roughly two and a half of 60. Two, two and a third, I think. Two and a third. No, no, two and, no, it's like 2.4. Like that's like a 24-24 season. Get down with that. Yeah. Even with the slump. I mean, he's, he slumped the last, the last, um, last few weeks, but... Um, yeah, I mean, they are, let's see here, they lead the league in stolen bases, and they're tied for third in home runs, um, which is amazing. They're, they, uh, they're second in team offensive war uh, behind the White Sox, point one. Oh, God. They, um, yeah, I mean, they're fifth in WRC Plus as a team. Unfortunately, the Dodgers are first. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think that's totally right, Joel. Like, I, I think this may be the most talented team top to bottom ever. Um, I think this, this team has less weak spots even than, than the 98 team. I'm not super familiar with the 84 team, but, um, but just considering the fact that I think decision makers in baseball are more intelligent now than they were in 1984, I'm going to assume that this is a better team um, or, or a more talented top to bottom um, for it to be, 
you know, among the all-time single season winning it, winning as Padres. Um, yeah, oh man, it, it, it would just be so nice to go into the LCS having beaten the Cardinals and the Dodgers. I would just, I don't know. That isn't a World Series in itself, but it sure is something. <laughs> yeah, to keep to keep expectations from going sky high for me, I'm just <laughs> if late. we if we pick up if we pick up playoff wins, I will be pleased. I would be disappointed if we lose in the wild card round, but so long as we aren't swept, I will feel joy. Yeah. It might be small joy, but there will be joy there. If we get past the wild card round, it's honestly like I'm along for the ride because we're probably going to get Dodgers round two, and it's going to be tough, and we're going to need uh, to play pretty much our best to beat them because they are a better team but uh that doesn't matter sometimes i mean mookie Betts can still strike out four times in a game it's probably not likely but he can um when we played our last series with them that first game uh they played super messy they had many errors they were they looked like a team that was kind of shaken up and that can totally happen uh i think baseball we don't normally see it in a full season how much momentum and kind of uh, getting in the right mindset can really play a role because of how long the season is. It just is so stretched out, you don't see it. But with this condensed season, you can see like when Tatis is kind of slumping and he's really mad at himself, It's you see it a lot earlier because of how condensed the schedule is and how, many, uh, how much it hurts to be in a slump for even just five games as opposed to what that means in normal where it's like, eh, whatever. He slumped for a weekend, who cares? Uh, same thing with Paddock, where he seems to be kind of mentally in a bad place right now and normally you'd be like ah whatever he's had a bad four games out of what his 25 maybe 30 games in a year but you only get a dozen this year so we're noticing way uh a lot more of the weaknesses or bumps along the road um but that can happen to any team it's not just us so uh, that can happen even to the dodgers so um i'm excited and hopeful for the playoffs but i'm also it just is weird to be back it just feels good to be back and it feels good to be playing meaningful baseball and even though there can't be fans there is something kind of cool about the fact that they'll be hosting the wild card round in petco and whatever team has to come to us and uh, i don't know i think that still counts for something and even though it doesn't mean much to us it probably means a lot to the players which could really help us yeah absolutely i uh you still get to you know at least in that round you get the whole being able to sleep in your own bed and all that jazz you're not in the bubble yet well, they'll be pretty yeah. comfortable even in Arlington. I mean, we, we saw what they did last time they were there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good point. Shoot. Can a they Chris like Woodward be on premises? <laughs> the shed. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Just don't get Tatis in any 3 counts. Um, so speaking of Paddock, no, please you. do. Yeah, yeah. Please do. <laughs> um, do you guys, you know, with those recent woes being taken into account and – with the fact that uh, there aren't any off days until the championship series, uh, do you want Paddock starting or do you want him coming out of the bullpen? Oh boy, uh, that's a really tough question, especially with a guy like Paddock, who's um, you know his he's got that passion and intensity. And I think a guy like that, if you tell him he needs to come out of the bullpen, that could really wreck his mentality. Um, gosh, because I mean his his pitch makeup, right? It seems to lend itself to being a bullpen guy, right? He's He's heavy fastball changeup. Um, he does have other pitches that he's sort of playing with and trying to work into his repertoire. But I mean, really, his bread and butter is fastball changeup, which I mean, Trevor Hoffman um, was that guy. 
so it would be amazing to see him come out of the bullpen. But that that being said, with the way he wants to be a starter, um, and he, he you know he wants to be the guy, and he's going to be relentless in his pursuit of of being that starter, even if it's not you know the results haven't shaken out the way he wanted to thus far this season. Um, I think saying, hey, we need you to help us out in the bullpen. I don't think he's not going to do it, but he's going to be upset one. Um, and I just don't know what that's going to do to his, you know, his approach or his mindset uh, coming in or coming out of the bullpen. So it, it just might not pull, uh, play out the way you would think it would in a vacuum, because I think his emotions would play in more than some other starting pitchers. Yeah, I am uh, in agreement with Joel. I uh, not only is there the kind of uh, mental state questions that kind of come into play and I, I don't mean to make it sound like he's a head case but he's rattled I, I mean at the very least we can say he's been rattled this season and he's talked about you know I know what people are saying and it's like dude you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't know what anybody's saying like just focus on yourself focus on your teammates focus on what's in front of you not all the noise around you who honestly who gives a shit like you should not be on Twitter I, I, I mean all professional athletes should have a team that manages their social media and that's it only relay them the positive things and like, hey, just keep doing your thing. Focus on yourself. That being said, I also do not trust Paddock coming into like a two men on zero outs situation. Uh, his stuff has looked very hittable this year. Uh, his fastball has not had the same command that it did last year. And I really, really am scared of a 95 meatball being left out over the plate and suddenly you're three runs down. Uh, at least if he's starting, he starts out at 0-0. And then I would hope that Tingler just tells him, look, I want you to attack these batters. Like, throw inside, make them fear your pitches again because it just doesn't seem like anybody's scared. It seems they're just like, cool, I'm just going to wait for the fastball. One of them's going to leak and I'm going to hit it. And at least if he's starting, we have more runway to come back than if he's coming in in the 6th or the 7th and it's like, well, damn, we only have 6 to 9 outs to catch up. Um, kind of doomsday I guess, but I think it is in line with what Joel is saying where it's like, I just don't, we don't trust, trust him <laughs> in the bullpen right now. I think the right way to kind of uh, make him kind of check his priorities or perhaps his attitude is at the beginning of next year it's like dude you are not the number one anymore. you are number three or four until you show us that you belong to be in the one or two in the and let him fight to show it i don't think he needs to be kicked to the bullpen and i don't think it's best for the team but he does need some kind of adjustment to be made i just don't think heading into the first playoffs in 14 years is the time to do it yeah what do you think johnny yeah i mean i feel like my the optimist in me is like oh man he'll come out and like you know like you were saying like come out in the seventh in like a sticky situation and he's gonna be all pumped and toss in like 97 because he's like i'm only i'm only throwing like 20 pitches max like i'm just gonna go 100 percent every time and if he only has to go fastball change up like i ideally or i guess hypothetically um that's more effective out of the bullpen but again i yeah, i think it's same thing like i they always talk about how bullpen guys just have that different mentality and you totally have to just have that you know forget about the previous day and you know you know literally just kind of like you know every day is a new day like if you suck yesterday doesn't matter you know maybe you know you'll just shut him down the day and i don't know where he's at after after this season because it was I think definitely a letdown and you know there was like a lot of hype going into the season so ideally i like i think he man 
I'm trying to think here. I mean, we probably need four starters for the playoffs. I don't think we need five. I mean, and yeah, realistically, we don't need to really worry about them in the first round, right? Yeah. 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 We're talking about second. second round on. And I actually feel, at this point, I feel more comfortable probably with Morahone um, starting than him. Even if he's just going to go four. I'd rather have four innings of one run than, you know, maybe only four innings with three runs and coming out with guys on base. Um, yeah, I'd rather just have the guy who you know is going to max out maybe at, you know, 70, 80 pitches, but it'll be a really damn good 70 or 80 because um, he's just been lights out. Late. Um, I, yeah, I really feel more comfortable with Morahone starting and Paddock out of the pen. I don't know. <laughs> but, but again, it's that fear, like you were saying, Tony, just if he brings those runs in late it's much harder to overcome because then everyone else is bringing in their bullpen guys you know throwing at 98 it's very hard yeah Morihon is or Morihon is interesting sorry I just saw where that accent was it's not on the e. Morihon um it would be an interesting uh choice I mean you've got Garrett Richards too but he's he's already sort of been relegated to the bullpen um so yeah it's it's difficult because we've really got you know maybe three guys if Clevenger is really okay um, so you got Lamette Davies Clevenger, right? So there's your first round if that goes to the maximum number of games. Yeah. Um, it's probably, I mean, with Clevenger hurt the way he is and kind of recovering, I think it has to be in that order too. I think it would be Lamette and then Davies and Clevenger. Um, yeah. And then you sort of get into the real nitty gritty of playoff uh, rotation management there. I, I just, I don't know what those last two pieces are if you plug and play with Morahone and uh, I don't know I mean Strom seems to have been having a good year but I don't think he's got the, the the length you know what I mean he doesn't pitch that many innings or if you go god forbid a playoff bullpen day that sounds just horrid even coming out of my mouth but I just don't know what you do it's just I, I don't feel like we have enough guys that are viable playoff starters right now and then again you know it is it you know it's win or go home right obviously it's playoff baseball so I'm okay if Paddock doesn't touch the baseball in the in the postseason. Um, if that is you know the way that is determined to be the best chance for this Padres team to win games uh, and win playoff series, um, I'm okay with that. We don't need to be you know. I mean, he's done he's done a lot for this team in, in getting it to where it is, but he he doesn't guarantee himself uh, a start just because you know he was good last year and you know we're in the playoffs so we should we should give him the ball it's not the way it works um i'm kind of rambling here but uh, i don't know I, I it's it's a tough problem it's one that i don't envy the the padres coaching staff i mean do, do you bring pomeranz out and have him start like there's a lot of different permutations where we could try some really weird things but i feel like we definitely need to do something something has to be figured out here i don't think we can just say well we've got these guys you know davies lament Paddock, Richards, Clevenger, we're just going to give him the ball. Like, it's a, it's a tricky problem. It's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. I, I'm i not even going to touch the wild card round because I, I, the team is probably hoping they just take it in two and they don't even have to worry about the third day, which would be great. Uh, it also gives an off day, which is super helpful for uh, many reasons. If you use a few good bullpen arms in the first two games but you have an off day, you're kind of resetting your team to uh, a day one level, if you will, that will really help. Uh, worth noting that Paddock has a big Dodger problem, and I believe the Dodgers are pretty left-handed heavy in their lineup, which to me leads to a Morahone start, if you will, in quotes. Maybe it's only two or three innings once through the lineup, but a kind of opener, if you will, starting with him, and then 
I know it scares you, Joel, but I, I think we're going to see a bullpen day. I, I They may mask it with like, oh, Morahoe's a starter, or Richards is a starter, and then we'll see him pulled in like the fourth. And I mean, well, yeah, that's maybe a, that's a bullpen day. starter, starter. Where it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morahone and, and Richards, I, I like that idea. But yeah, I mean, that is yeah. still kind of a bullpen day. <laughs> Exactly, but I feel better about that than Paddock. I mean, honestly, when you said don't touch the ball, that's kind of where I'm nodding my head. Where I'm like, I'm sorry. Maybe if we're up like three runs, and it's that's the thing. Like even that, if it's in the eighth, we're not going to see him. We're going to see, uh, you know, Pagan or Palm setting up for Rosie. So I just don't, I don't really see his role. And I mean, I'm glad we don't have to make the decision because it's not an easy one or an obvious one. It's there. I'm sure there are bunch of uh, not a bunch but i'm sure the whole analytics team is going through every single possible scenario of what lineup is he going to be facing and is it in innings one through six or seven through nine and what are his numbers against this guy what are his numbers against this guy to make sure that he's put in the best possible situation to succeed but that only goes so far obviously especially with him so much of his game is mental i mean i remember last year when he was his first at bat against alonzo and how hyped he was just get a strikeout it's like man we need that back like he has not been that way this year and granted he shouldn't be if he's struggling you know you shouldn't give a bomb be like let's go but like right, right. Uh, he, he just hasn't been getting the stuff to have that hype moment where he's like cool i'm rolling i'm getting into a rhythm it's always always feels like he's just scraping by a little bit so uh much like the team is not a team that is just scraping by to get in i don't like that we have a player who feels like he's or may feel like he's uh you know out there trying to prove something but not in the way we normally it's normally like hey i know i'm good and i'm gonna show it now it's like no no believe me i'm good and it's like ah that's not really helping your game right right yeah he's in a bit of a transition year as well as he is really trying to hit that next sort of echelon with having a third or even fourth pitch that he can rely on consistently um so i I don't know i feel like he kind of he he worked to try to get the best of both where he could continue to to be successful and kind of work in and install these new pitches and that's a really tough thing to do and so i think i don't know i don't know if he should be as upset with himself as he is uh but it's easy to say that when you're not the guy that's you know out there and it's not your living that's being made off of the way you pitch so but i i I don't know i'm not super worried about chris paddock long term but yeah, I mean, I, for the 2020 season, especially for the 2020 postseason, like I said before, I, I don't think I want him touching the baseball. Um, side note, I don't think I want Craig Stammen touching the baseball. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> any, any others? Any other no-nos for the pitching staff? Stammen's been weirdly like decent the last like month or so. I, I'm I've been genuinely surprised by him. Um, I know he's still finished with like a five something ERA. I I don't necessarily I'm I, I wouldn't want him to come into a high leverage situation, but maybe come in like the sixth. You know, like I him and Paddock, I would want them coming in in the same situations, like in the fifth or the sixth, up three or four. Either of you can come in. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's fine. That's fine. We're good. Um. But yeah, I'm trying to think. I of, mean, I'd say no Perdomo. Yeah, no, yeah, no but Perdomo. I don't, think he's on the, I don't think he's on the <laughs> there roster was even right talk, now. Yeah, so. I think AJ was. Yeah, Perdomo and Lucchese, as of now, are not are not on the roster. But they're you know maybe potentially. But I think with the positive news from Lamette and Clevenger, I don't think there's any need to bring either of them up. That um, there's, I would rather see them have Cronenworth do the two way player thing again than you know. 
Pretty or uh, or Lucchese. So other than that, no, there's no one really in the bullpen that I'm like super not feeling. I mean, Pagan still sometimes it's like, whoa, whoa, oh, there's that three run home run, awesome. Um, yep. So that's a little worrying. Yeah, I was going to say Pagan, and it's not a true no. It's just clench up a little bit when I see him coming in. Mm-hmm. It's like I see uh, if I see Pomeranz or Rosenthal, I'm like, cool, we're in a good spot. If I see Stammen or Hill or Altavilla or Adams, I'm like, uh-huh. this go either way for a myriad of reasons. And if I if I see Pagan, it, which is weird because he's normally like the setup guy. He's supposed right. to be the setup guy. And obviously now with uh, Pomeranz being set up, he's more seventh inning. But it's like I feel like so many of our games are still really being played in the seventh inning, especially with so many come comeback wins we have. It feels like the seventh inning is more important than ever. And when I see Pagan in that role, I'm kind of like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> and he had the brief stint on the IL, so I, I don't really know where his... I, I feel like we don't know where his stuff is at. It obviously could be electric, but we just don't know. And, you know, you see the electric three-run bomb, and you're like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that. Don't like that. But... Uh, his numbers, I don't know if they're better or worse than he actually is, but he definitely gives me that same level of anxiety that you described, Johnny. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about every once in a while the fastball just looks really flat. This guy's he off on it. Sorry, I was getting distracted. I, I have the um, the team's offensive numbers up here, and I'm just admiring how good of a season both Manny Machado and Will Myers had. I mean, Tatis, of course, great season. Grisham, great season. Um, but and Hosmer as well. I mean, all of this, this offense is just awesome. <laughs> oh, I can't get over it. I'm just sorting the OBP and just like, oh, so nice. Yeah. Uh, earlier today, Kevin AC tweeted, Will Myers hits his 15th homer. The Padres and Dodgers are the only teams with three players with at least three th- or 15 home runs this season. Yeah, yeah. Myers, Machado, and Tati. And Grusham is 10. Hosmer is... Oh, this is coming in. So I think all these are still affect the same. Hosmer, yeah. 9. And honestly, Pham, uh, had he played... A- Hosmer with two IL stints, by the yeah. way. He had that stomach thing in the beginning of the season and then the, uh, the finger. So that's... Pretty dang good, games, all things considered. Nine home runs, four stolen bases. Good. I know four stolen bases. So, I, I think he only has four attempts too. Wow, which is like pretty perfect. One twenty-seven. Ricky Henderson, look out. Yeah, one twenty-seven WRC plus, positive point nine WAR. Which honestly, I mean, considering first base really gets that defensive. Like you're not really getting points for being a first baseman the way yeah. that you do being a shortstop with, or center fielder. So. And with the reduced games, I yeah. will I will take one WAR yeah. from him. Yeah, point nine WAR in, in sub forty games in a thirty eight game season for him. One hundred fifty six plate appearance is fine. You multiply that I'll by take four, that. and that's a yeah, that's a nearly the three points WAR player. That one. especially considering his. Uh, previous seasons Mm -hmm. it feels like okay okay this is kind of what we signed this is what we wanted we're finally getting it okay great super reliable very very solid middle of the order bat um not much to really complain about there he did have a kind of embarrassing defensive blunder at first base the other day but i'm willing to extend a little bit of leniency because it did involve i believe his injured hand and it looked like he kind of just held up just a second and i'm like eh 
honestly, if that means you're good for the playoffs, go ahead. Give up that one error to the Giants yeah. in this meaningless meaningless series. I could care less. Yeah, that's not so. Wow, I'm looking at some of his stat cast numbers, too. Um, 8.7 launch angle, 8.7 degree launch angle. Uh, previously negative yeah, last previously year, so that's negative. good. 90.8 average exit, velo- exit velocity, um, which is on par with Myers and higher uh, Machado. Um 10.3% barrel percentage, 47% hard hit percentage, second high, I think, amongst the regulars, behind um, Tatis, so, oh my god, Jesus Christ, um, just behind Fam, Tatis had a 63% hard hit percentage, 19.8% barrel percentage, Lord, yeah. All I mean, that, it's of just, course, taking into account the slump that he had over the yeah, past month. I mean, 96.1 mile per hour average exit velocity, um... All the other guys who played, like, almost the entire season were around. Um, that is, it's nuts. I mean, I was telling you guys, but I, I, I fired up uh, the show the other day, and uh, I started a new Padres franchise and used the updated rosters. And good God, it is so much fun to play with Fernando Tatis Jr. now. Um, now that he is properly rated, now that the world at large uh, properly rates his, his talent... Um, it's it's just stupid easy. It's fun. <laughs> I love it. My friend told me the other day, my, my Diamondbacks uh, fan friend told me the other day that he thinks that Tatis Jr. has to be rated the best player in baseball considering his age. And I was like, thank you for that. I don't I don't know what to do with this compliment, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so Great. speaking of best player in baseball, how do you decide the NL MVP? Just, I mean, yeah. A laundry list of amazing performance this season. I mean, you could say it goes to Machado, and I and I would wouldn't bat an eye. I mean, you give it to Freeman easily. Any of these names could get it. I don't know. Dansby Swanson. I kind of. I, I don't think so. I mean, he's a, he's a war leader in, as far as position players go. But man, there's a lot of excellent candidates for the MVP this season. I just really don't envy the um, whoever has to make that decision. Right? I don't know. I, I'm admittedly not familiar enough with what the committee is, or who, is it baseball writers who who determines the MVP. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the B. Oh wait, no. I, am I, I'm thinking of the Hall of Fame with the baseball writers. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, on that, great question. I don't know. That's how important it is. <laughs> I, <laughs> we just haven't been in the conversation for so long. It's like, yeah, how does this even happen? Yeah. Yeah. Who does this? There's, there's. They release different colored smoke. I think when they make the decision. Pretty sure that's involved at some point. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's man. tough because I. I know narrative shouldn't fit into it, but I think as fans, it so often does for us. And uh, the popular question that always comes up is, if you remove this player, where is this team? And it is hard to imagine us being as good as we are if you remove Manny Machado from this team. With Tatis's slump, where Machado basically carried all of that weight and then some, I don't know the Braves well enough to know if you remove Freddie Freeman from that team, are they still in the same spot? And his numbers are... I mean, they're exceptional. They, they are MVP worthy. You can't, uh, I feel like the only knock on his case is he plays first base, which doesn't really add any defensive value to him. But uh, I also think that there is a serious consideration with that, with Machado, whereas he is the leader of the team. He is, uh, if not the face of the franchise, he's like the backbone of the franchise right now or something. He holds his team together in such an important way. And he was hot for like almost the entire season. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find a weak point in his game, and he makes defense look uh, buttery smooth. So uh, I hope voters take that into consideration, but Freeman's numbers are so 
eye-catching. I see that being a big play. And also, in terms of narrative, it uh, Freeman had that really bad case of COVID-19 earlier in the year where he was like, I felt like I was going to die. And granted, you know, um, how much does that play in voters' minds? I don't know. But it is kind of a interesting story that he has that. I kind of also don't like that because I don't want people to think like, see, Freddie Freeman won an MVP after COVID-19. It's not that big of a deal. I don't need to wear a Perhaps mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He got superpowers from it. So Maybe I'll win an MVP. You never know. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, you know, we don't know. That's, you know, that's what's crazy yeah. about this is we don't know what's going to happen. Um, he could win MVP. So I'm kind of scared. I'm a little scared of that, but I mean, uh, you're right, Joel. There's like four or five in the conversation. There, I mean, that, that we didn't even talk about Betts, who um, I think is kind of on the other end of that spectrum, where it's like the Dodgers are still the Dodgers without Betts. They're excellent with him, but they are very, very, very good without him. So I kind of view that as a knock on his case. And I just don't know where voters, uh, where their intentions lie, especially because we don't even know who the voters are. So how would we know? Yeah. <laughs> I know Kevin Acey gets a vote. He's mentioned it in his newsletter before. Mm-hmm. So whatever uh, whatever associations he's with, old man, white writers of America, <laughs> I, I don't know. The good old Amwa, very familiar with them. Uh, I'm looking at fan graphs, and if I were a voter... I would s- as you are, yeah, of, course. of course, in my mind. You moonlight as a important <laughs> baseball writer under a pseudonym. <laughs> I am Jeff Passan. Pa- Passan. <laughs> Jeff Passan. I got to remember, that is actually Passan. how you say his name. I've said Passan my entire life. It is Jeff Passan. Yes. Um, someone said it once, or I don't know. I I'm sorry, Jeff. Blown. This was like GIF and JIF. I was blown away. <laughs> um, you're saying your name wrong, Jeff. Yeah. You're, sorry, sir. That's not correct. <laughs> Um, but I see there are three players behind Freddie Freeman with at least 2.0 war. And I look at I look at either Manny Machado or Fernando Tatis, and there's only two players below them with at least two wars. So just that's basic math. You know, if the glove does not fit, you must acquit. Um, and so based on that math alone... I've got to vote for either one of the Padres guys. Just everyone, please vote for one. Don't split the vote. Don't um, don't Jill Stein this. Not that, and <laughs> this is a different tangent for another day. But not that that's why Hillary lost the election. But um, <laughs> but just based on that basic math, um, you got to vote for one of the Padres guys. Plus, what's more exciting? You know, like oh, another Dodger, another Brave. Yeah, another Brave. <laughs> Freddie Free Man, like sure, cool name, but like Machado. That's just fun to say. Let's not let's not forget about that. I think it's kind of important. So I just um, love the idea of of having the token reliever all star for gosh, like a decade in a row. <laughs> oh my god, and yeah. Going from that to having multiple legitimate MVP contenders yeah. on this team is just such a great place to be. I'm so so happy. Um th- that said, I really, really, really want Tatis to be MVP. I mean, that would just be amazing for him to rip the MVP in his second year. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the slump hurt his case too much, unfortunately. It was the worst time for uh, it to happen. It's just, ah, just horrible. Unfortunately. Luck, 
they, that's where Machado is going to pick up the slack, just like he did when Tatis was slumping, right? I think yeah. I think Machado might might just, but it, more likely it's probably going to be Freeman disappointing. Whatever, got to maintain the optimism. I was also looking at, and um, not a lot of people are talking about him, and unfortunately he probably won't get it. At, at another super young guy is Juan Soto, um, who actually has a higher OPS um, than than Freeman, higher average. Um, and I think pretty similar in the home run department. So, and I mean, only 22 years old. So Juan Soto on an awful Nationals team probably won't win MVP because I think what Ernie Banks was the last one to win it on like a really bad team. Uh, but but he did a hell of a job. Like <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Trout's I'm Trout fair. Trout's won it for a number of bad Angels teams. Um, but. But yeah, Juan Soto is another guy who I don't think will get the get the pub that he should. But but uh, but the um, but I mean he's for to be just 22 and have the the season that he's had in Washington has been has been really nice to see. And I mean, like you were saying, Joel, not only do we have two MVP candidates after just having the, you know, it's like ooh, is Scott Linebrink gonna be our our all-star representative this year let's see um we also may have the rookie of the year with with jake cronenworth who maybe i i and we'll i think next episode we'll go over the um the preseason award predictions that we had or i think the beginning of the season i'm debating on if we should do it next episode or if we should just wait for i think we just might do post playoffs whenever that is um because Let's just let's include playoff performance these awards, um, but whoa 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 whoa! Oh. whoa. L- l- let's see <laughs> if it if it fits my narrative. We'll include playoff awards because <laughs> I don't remember what those notes were. And if it hurts me, <laughs> yeah. If it hurts me, I say nay. <laughs> I should look because I just don't remember. You should be in the Senate, Tony. Yeah, who we had as the biggest <laughs> surprise? I doubt any of us had Cronenworth, but. Holy shit! That I was a I, re- I remember what mine was, and I do not want to talk about it yet. One gonna... of my predictions looks very very good. Let me see. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna tease it. Um, Tony, are you? <laughs> did you look at your? Did you look at your uh, prediction? No, oh. but I know who I had for most surprising player. I remember it. I don't know why I remember it so well, but I know exactly who it is, and I know exactly how it looks right now. Are you sure? Johnny looks really <laughs> way too pleased about this. I'm not even I'm not gonna say anything. I'm 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 uh that's gonna be a fun episode to do, so we'll we'll wait. Um because that'll be that'll be a really fun episode. So I, I always like going over those. Um but yeah, I mean I, I, I cannot believe that we have a it's almost like the triple crown, triple crown team that we have the a Cy Young contender and MVP contenders and the Rookie of the Year contender all in the same season that we're going to the playoffs for the first time in you know fourteen years. That's that is insane to me. Uh, that that alone, I like you were saying, Tony. We need at least a win, but that alone is like, damn, we have come a long way. That is great. It it's it's very real. I I I don't know what else to say. It feels uh, like a dream at, at times. And this is just the beginning. That's the crazy. Part. Yeah, we still have a, we have a fairly young team. I want to say super young because we still have to. We have a couple guys that are uh, either approaching thirty or on the other side of thirty. But um, you know, low twenties, mid twenties. 
this team is going to be around for a while and they're going to be good for a, a good long while. Um, so I've just, ah, like real optimism rather than like forced fake optimism at the beginning <laughs> of the year until one week into the season when we realize that the Padres are terrible again. Um, just it's such a new feeling. Um, I'm not sure what to do with my hands. I think Johnny said that one earlier in the pod, but it's <laughs> true. Um, another fun fact is I'm just sort of sitting here looking at the league leaders on baseball reference. Um, quite possibly the most important stat category. Fernando Tatis Jr. leads the league in power speed number at 13.4. I like that. He's the anomaly, <laughs> like in the show. It's perfect. That's what we need, power and speed. Um, kind of a circling back to playoff opponent again. Um, Dennis Lynn tweeted out, St. Louis beat Milwaukee. The Padres will get an opening round rematch 14 years later with Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. But he follows it up with a tweet that says the Padres had two scout teams tracking each of their possible first-round opponents on video. Now they'll get to focus on one. Important note, former Cardinals in the organization include Tommy Pham, Trevor Rosenthal, Greg Garcia, Skip Schumacher, and Alan Craig. That could be a kind of huge huge piece of information. I mean, you think about... uh, We've talked about it on previous episodes where we don't know, especially during this year... We don't really know how much information, what the inside of a clubhouse looks like. You have no idea how much these guys are talking about the particulars of what pitches that certain pitchers are throwing or what kind of swing works against certain players or, you know, all the finer details that only baseball players need to talk about and that we don't need to concern ourselves with. Um, In this year where basically the only data you have is the games you can watch on TV like everybody else, that could be super important to be able to have someone who was with the team for years, like a Greg Garcia, be like, oh, yeah, Wainwright likes to do this in certain scenarios or likes to throw this kind of pitch or trust me, this is what they plan to do as a team. I mean, they're not exactly a super young team either. So a lot of those players are they they were playing when a Greg Garcia was there or a Trevor Rosenthal was there. So they have a lot of or seemingly would have a lot of good intel, which uh, makes me feel only good about this matchup. Honestly, we have to exercise the demons. We got to do it. We got to do it. It it feels like if we can beat the Cardinals, it only ups our case of being able to take down the Dodgers. And it's the perfect little Cinderella story that MLB is probably dying to have. Yeah. Padres are America's team. Since we killed Texas, I think we are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 just still crazy. I don't know. I still don't know what to think about it. I'm gonna like watch the post. You know, the Padre are gonna be in it, and uh, I expect good things, which is not something I've ever expected, literally in my entire life. Just I was only ten in like '98, and I had no expectations. I was just like, oh, cool, wow, we're here. <laughs> this is fun. I just got sad. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. There will at least be one day of Dadtober in 2020. Dadtober, baby. Mm. We could lose both games and be swept, but there will be Dadtober in 2020. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. Dadtober. October 1st to October 1st. (laughs) October 1st, 12.01 a.m. to 10 (laughs) p.m. I'm going to make that a little fake gravestone, like, on my lawn. <laughs> R.I.P. Dead. Here lies Squidward's hopes and dreams. 
Man. Will Myers really should back now. I think he's got it. I think it's locked. I don't. Yeah, it's is like anyone be else? Three war players, seven. Oh, wait. Sorry. I was looking at Tatis. <laughs> 1.8 war player, 14 home runs. I think his only competition, and I will take the lead here, is Johnny has a visitor. Um, I think his only competition is. Uh, the name is escaping my mind, but the, I believe, relief pitcher for the Colorado Rockies who was out of the majors for like 10 years and came back and had a very successful year. Mm. Uh, the name is escaping me. I think it's on the Rockies, but uh, there was a pitcher. Uh, I was just talking about how the only competition I can see is there's a pitcher in baseball this year. I want to say he's on the Rockies who was out for like 10 years, not necessarily with uh, injuries or anything, but just had really bad case of the yips, like could not throw a strike. Daniel Bard. Yes, that's who it is. Yes. And uh, has had a nice season for himself. And uh, that story is very powerful, obviously. But uh, pitcher, especially if he's a relief pitcher, not quite as important as an everyday right field, if we're being honest. Former number one and kind of the first big signing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The first big signing of this regime, kind of leading the way for everything to come after. So I, I think that bears weight as well. Yeah. Yeah. 150 WRC. Quite good. Quite good. 150? Yeah, 150s tied for at least coming into today, so that that's not factoring in today's games. But well, but he was tied with. Tatis. Well, he hit a bomb and a ground rule double today. So oh wow! Probably yeah. So he might about the same because he was Machado was leading at 151, so he might end up leading the wow. team in WRC plus, which is nuts. And that's second in home runs. Very impressive. Wow, that is very impressive. Uh, isn't it crazy to think that this team has that many home runs without? Fran Mel Reyes or Hunter Renfro on the team, Boy. who were basically carrying the team in home runs yeah. last year. Yeah, I mean, you, don't 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 I do know. that. To it's still it, you don't, don't want to ruin. This. Don't do that. This to is already perfect. Like we we wouldn't have Jurickson Profar, who like honestly is is three forty on base, one ten WRC plus, thirteen point six K rate, which is like stupid low. Um, I hate Quite that he's good. been so good because I established an early bit that he was bad <laughs> and he has proven me wrong every <laughs> yeah. single damn day of the season. Me and Zach Davies. Yeah. Yes. Just, I cling to it only out of self-flagellation now because I deserve it because I was so wrong. Yeah. It, but honestly, with those, it's nice. You're like, you know what? I was so wrong, but because I was so wrong, he just kicks ass for my team. <laughs> Yes, I'll take and that. And if it makes you feel better, John, you if you're going to look at the if we had Fran Mill, you have to take the good and the bad. Imagine if we had Eric Lauer. Mm. Imagine if we had one Austin Hedges. Hey, that's a uh, league that. leader and sacrifice bunts. Austin Hedges, <laughs> you, sir. Oh, boy. <laughs> and like I, I, I really hate to say it, but imagine Forgive if me. we had Arias instead of Cronenworth. Totally different team, I think. Wow. Yeah, I think we. Yeah. Uh, we made the right call on uh, Arias there. Uh, it breaks my heart, does. but we totally it did. Does. His his data is not good. Like, his uh, hard hit percentage, his barrel percentage, everything is trending in the wrong direction. It's and... heartbreaking, because he consistently would just crush it at all levels of minor league ball, and just once he got to the majors, it yeah. was just like a mental yeah. block for him or something. It was so yeah. weird. That picture, that picture of Tatis grabbing him by the jersey comes to mind. <laughs> 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 it's like... You're good. Be good. Be good. Just Come on. It. You've been hitting like 330 the entire minors. What? What is this? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good meme. 
Oh, that is definitely yeah. that is definitely going to be reincarnated if we win any playoff games. Oh, <laughs> definitely going to Photoshop Adam Wainwright's face <laughs> over. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. So <laughs> an all-time photo. This is um this is looking at looking ahead of ways, but if somehow there is a Padres White Sox World Series, that Ooh. would be oh. so oh. cool. That would be so Very much fun. Neat. So much personality. Yeah. yeah. That, like, I'm just looking at the AL side. It's like, t- okay, so I'm going to go through each one. Like, Tampa's in. I, I don't really care. I actually don't want to face them. They're yeah. very well-run organization. Um, Toronto They're scraped team, in. They're not sure. going to make it. Yankees, I'd love to beat. White Sox, I would like to beat, but they also are talented. Astros, I'd love to beat. A's, I don't doubt. Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland, I don't want to beat because then we beat Fran Mill, so I hope they lose. And the Twins. But we also beat Austin Hedges. Ooh, and good I would point. Like I would like that. But I think my love for Fran Mill yeah. and is more Brad than my Hand and Adam Simber. Oh, and Cal Quantrill now. So I don't want to. Right? Is that right? Johnny, you can't handle that. You're too emotionally fragile. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to face them at all. You don't deserve that at all. You don't deserve that. No, I I do deserve this delicious. Um, and Josh Naylor. <sighs> that was a low blow i shouldn't have even brought no i really forgot i was just thinking bullpen but geez what a season this has been truly a lot it's a lot of a lot of emotion i'm still amazed that fam was the only positive covid test i mean i know that was one of the priests but and and mateo but man he was already technically positive before he that's that's the a's we blame the a's for that they knew they knew Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that blows me away. I, it, I, very wild. Uh, happy, obviously pleased because, as we all discussed, this probably shouldn't be happening. But at least we can feel nominally better about it because nobody's died. So <laughs> that's nice. Wild times, man. What do you guys think about uh, this possibility? Because the Padres will be there, of mm-hmm. course. This is how it's related to the podcast. Uh, that Manfred wants fans in the stadium for the World Series. Go ahead, Johnny. Ruminate on that for a second. <laughs> I, I know I I know I hit your trigger word with Manfred. That's okay. Um, I'm just like knee jerk. That's a bad idea because it was Manfred's idea. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of the COVID implications, Manfred said it, so it's probably bad. What if everybody gets four thousand dollars from Manfred? Nope, we don't trust him. Monopoly don't money. He's lying. It's bad. No. He's gonna give it to us in penny rolls. We don't want it. Yeah, it's gonna be like. In store credit to somewhere, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I don't see the need for it. Um, I feel like if you did that, do it like um, where they do like the rookie league where there's no concessions or anything like that. Then they wouldn't have, to, they wouldn't be able to charge admission. So they, 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 they definitely wouldn't. Like if they did it in some way where it's just like, come in, watch a game and then leave. Um, that's kind of safe. I feel like if you don't have a lot of people, you have like 20 people in a section. Um, you're still going to have, a, what, a thousand? That's, that's a sufficient number of people. Um, although, I'm trying to th- Yeah, both are open air because Texas, I think, has the retractable roof. So that's like you get air going in and stuff like that. But I, I feel like it would just be easier to like have people somewhere. No, I, we, yeah, but there's just no need. There's no need. There's no need because the hypest part about a crowd is everybody being packed in and loud. And it's going to be very sad and weird if you have like one person sitting in one row on seat number one and then you have the next fan three rows back in seat number 30 and they're like 50 square feet away from each other it's like 
Yay! Yay! It's like there's a weird, quiet roar of the crowd. Like, that's gonna make it even weirder. Just pump crowd noise in like no other on all the big moments, and we'll feel fine. Or, my idea, all the Texas Rangers have to sit in the stands. (laughs) (laughs) Sit in their brand new stadium. It would be nice, like you get like you know you get you get playoff World Series. Let them be able to like bring their families or whatever, bring them all in the bubble. It'd be nice. That'd be cool. I think that might happen because if they're in the bubble, it's kind of I don't want to say they bought in, but you know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. They're they're in the yeah right. environment anyway. It doesn't increase any risk for them to be in the stadium. I mean, they're exposed to a few more players, but I mean theoretically by. Uh, contact tracing they're in contact with those people anyway by virtue of that player coming home to them in their bubble uh i know that's not exactly true because you know they're maybe one player is seeing a certain set of trainers more often and when they come home to their bubble that person's family is closer to those trainers than another player might be but it's way safer than if us three bought plane tickets, flew to Texas to go in. Like, it, it's oh, yeah. so much better. So, <clears throat> so much better. Yeah, I think no, it, like, a lot of it's going to depend, too, on how it how it plays out with uh, football, both college football and the NFL, because I think they've both yeah. had games now where they've had fans in the stadium. Um, so, I mean... How has that looked, by the way? I, I haven't been watching any NFL, so I, I have no idea how it looks. Yeah, I've just been reading about it. I haven't seen <laughs> either. Uh, I, I heard that they, like, booed a Black Lives Matter thing at the Chiefs game or something oh, yeah. like that. But yeah. yeah. Stylish. But, Don't you um, players dare link arms. Screw your solidarity. Give me my football. <laughs> But yeah, so it's interesting. And yeah, I just don't see a whole lot of upside because you, you can't do full capacity, which again, like Tony mentioned, is where all of the benefit comes from to having fans in a postseason environment is having a lot of them, all of them super hyped and that energy and that intensity. That's where that comes from is it's strength in numbers, right? So it's I just don't see the point. I don't see the value in it. Um, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know why we're even entertaining the thought, to be honest. We, we don't have a vaccine or any... Um, real signs of this actually going away or slowing down. It's just sort of lingering yeah. at the moment. So, and anyway, we've... we have to put yourself in the Texas mindset, Joel. <laughs> Very. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Very. Actually, we're at war with yeah. the like virus, and if we if we stand down, that's telling the virus that the virus can live infect our lives. Us. And amen. You gotta you gotta take <laughs> that virus by the throat. Another few months. That's right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Me and my shotgun agree with you. That's right. 21 gun salute to that. Uh, (laughs) I love the idea of one person having 21 guns. (laughs) This is a contraption I built. Just like a a giant index. Oh my god. Holds all of them at once. This year's got a pulley system. Uh, did you guys see that uh, the Padres are doing drive-in uh, wild card game viewing mm. at the tailgate lot next to the park? Uh, drive-in only. Um, I, I bring this up not as a would you guys go or anything like that because it is also quite expensive. Mm-hmm. But I kind of hope. I mean, obviously, I hope we win this first series, but it would be kind of cool if they win and then we'd have, like, footage of a bunch of excited fans in cars honking, 
with the game playing on a big screen and like I don't know there could be something where a player comes out and like waves to all the fans in the tailgate lot and it would feel about as normal as we can get this year because we're not gonna I doubt we're gonna get like a you know a hype champagne celebration in the locker room like those things are just not happening this year probably um and it would feel good to kind of deliver something to the city and the fans in that way instead of just like hey thanks enjoy this from your couch because it's like we're all Mm -hmm. excited and hyped but it has felt so weird to not watch any of these games either in person or with anybody else outside of Elise who only cares so much you know she likes going to the games because it's going to the game and it's activity she doesn't care about the Padres right uh, typically, I'll go to a few games a year where it's I'm going with someone who cares about the Padres, and those are very different experiences. Yeah. That's why I go alone times. Um, <laughs> of course, it's just it, the best time you can. Yeah, have. no, it's it, I, I highly recommend it to everyone. Um, if you if you really love to go right as the stadium opened uh, and get there really early, you know. But but I I think that whole tailgating aspect too. I mean, the last time that people really tailgated a lot was for Chargers games, and it's been uh, you know a few years since since people have been able to do that. So I think you know for the Padres to I, I think that's a really that's a really neat idea that they've that they put together. I know they recently I think bought um, or they got the rights I guess or whatever to that the building rights to that property. So it's it's cool that they're already kind of utilizing that in some way. Um, but yeah, I would, I think that would be a, that would be really cool to just even see the players, you know, maybe even come out like, you know, prom style, like with like a, uh, in like a convertible, you know, they're sitting like up on the back seat. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like waving. That'd be incredible. I feel like Will Myers I would, would for sure that. be down. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Something like that. Just to, to connect with the fans and more than just on, you know, Twitter and time. Just the Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just not the same. And, you know, there will be a vaccine eventually, and we will be able to do these things again. And it's one of those things where it's like, man, I will never take it for granted again. But uh, anything that can safely be done to reward fans and people who have stuck with the team for so long is cool with me. I know uh, season ticket holders this year have been receiving, like, random packages in the mail from the team, and it'll be, like, a game-signed ball or a piece of a jersey or something that's been worn during a game, but they're kind of sending them out without any announcement, so it just kind of shows up. Uh, I think that's super cool. And, you know, we have to remember that the Padres are a billionaire organization, and they don't really care for us. They want our money. But at the same time, at least I can put the blinders on a little bit when stuff like that happens. Be like, oh my god, they do like us. They really like us. Yeah, yeah. It's it. I, I think really, yeah, it is that it's that... It's that at least that attempt to you know connect even if money is the bottom line. But I don't know. Peter Peter Seidler seems like a different kind of dude. Um, I mean, I know obviously every 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 millionaire billionaire whatever you got to have a certain level of um, I think like ruthlessness to you to get to that level. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he definitely a different kind of dude. So yeah. I do like having him as owner. He's from. Um, I don't know. You guys want to talk about anything else? I think we covered it. I don't think so. Yeah. I think we covered it. Excited. Crossing fingers for Lamette and Clev. I haven't seen any updates yet. I honestly don't know if we're going to receive any updates tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, They're off days, so 
I don't know. All I know is that the playoff roster has to be set Wednesday by 10 a.m. So that's the that's the cutoff, I guess. We'll know for sure. <clears throat> Looking forward to that. Seeing who's on and like what what capacity they'll be. Yeah. I'd like to see you. Ooh. Ooh, spicy yeah. take. Wow. Yeah. Nice bullpen arm. I just, you know, you need a guy throwing 100. <clears throat> We've only got like four. We need one more. <laughs> I yeah. see. I. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think he's closer to Paddock than the other guys for me. Yeah. I think it would be very scary to be a 20-year-old being thrown into your franchise's first playoff game in 14 years. Yeah. It was like David Price is how he viewed. Wow. Yeah. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. He was, yeah, he came in as like this, wow. like, as like a bullpen guy like for the Rays when they first... I want to say it was like 2008 or something like that. And he was like coming in as the bullpen originally, and then started started the next season. So I don't know. We'll see. Wow, I did not know that. Yep. Um, so we will, and I guess in that case, we we've, we've kind of covered playoff talk. Um, now it's time to move on to fatherly advice. Very abruptly, without any <laughs> any kind of letting you guys know. <laughs> Hello. It is fatherly advice. Fatherly <laughs> advice. So I've actually got fatherly advice. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead it off here. Um, <laughs> I have fatherly advice. Pause. Hey. Hey there. Hey. Hey, buddy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to grind something. <laughs> um. But no. So, so my fatherly advice was actually something that I, uh, I purchased um last week which was for for my job so i don't know if anyone else has now is if they're if they're now working remotely if you have like a work phone that you had to bring home um but if you do get a wireless headset it is life-changing um i was like i my work like they were trying to figure out how to use the phones and so for a while we're we're just using our cell phones um which was chill i could just kind of walk around the house and then I got my home, my my desk phone again, which was has like a cord, and I felt very um, stuck to my desk, and it was awful. I hated it. <laughs> um, and then I got a, I got a wireless headset, and wonderful. I feel free again. I just walk all around the house while I talk to the people that I talk to on the phone while I'm at work, and um, so it it's very nice. I highly recommend it. So yeah, if you if you have to use a corded phone to work, get a wireless headset. Um, life change, true freedom. Side note: Does anyone? Do you guys need more time? Because I, because I can tell. Oh, feel free to go, Tony. I am ready. Uh, mine will be short, though, so I hope uh, I will try and pump it up as much as I can, Joel. <laughs> but um, I know I shared a photo of it with you guys, um, and I know I have talked about <clears throat> the author's work before in some capacity on the show before. But I've been reading the MVP Machine by uh, Ben Lindbergh. Uh, kind of talking about how clubs have moved away from finding diamonds in the rough type players, kind of that uh, money ball era um, way of building teams, and instead are looking at in-house analytics and data to look at uh, developing your own players and kind of unlocking the potential that your very good prospects have and turning them into elite prospects. Kind of talking about all the super nerdy stuff that uh, is very dense and kind of flies over the head when you just go to like baseball savant and there's just so much information. You're like, okay, I don't even know where to begin. Um, it's a very thorough, interesting look at that kind of stuff from 
uh, Ben and also his co-author Travis, I believe. I believe his mm-hmm. name is Travis. Um, both very smart um, baseball intellectuals, if you will. Uh, I know Ben uh, does a Fangraphs podcast, of which I'm sure uh, a lot of people are familiar with, and he's very good on that. Uh, he's on the Ringer MLB podcast quite a bit, and I enjoy his work there. Um, it's just been a very good read, and I felt kind of stunted with reading this year, as I think a lot of us do with many activities. feel a little bit of a disconnect there just because of how funky everything is. And I was having trouble getting through fiction, so I pivoted to nonfiction, and it has been really nice just to pick up and read chapter, half a chapter at a time, kind of talking about different uh, ways to look at data or different ways to look at players. So it's called The MVP Machine. I think it came out last year, so it's still pretty recent. Uh, every once in a while, you'll hit a passage or a paragraph that feels very outdated, and it's just talking about a player from maybe 2018 or something, and it feels like ancient history. But for the most part, it feels very fresh and uh, obviously super relevant to today. So MVP Machine is my advice yeah i co-recommend that i i also have that book and um just trying to get kind of more up to speed on sabermetrics and advanced uh statistics that book and i think um keith law's smart baseball those were two that i read they're really informative yeah that that was um joel do you need because i have a <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you seem pretty excited to tell your story, so I'm gonna. I don't know if it's story. that exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of annoyed because I ordered. Smart baseball, by the way, was that the one that I got you as a Christmas gift? Yes, I think so. Yes, so yeah. Nice. Thank you as well for that for that book, that one, and um, rest in peace to Tony's Christmas gift that uh, ended died up in your neighbor's, neighbor's yard. Yeah, neighbor's yard. <laughs> I hope they enjoyed it. <laughs> That's all I can yeah. say. No, I was worried. That, so, so because I told you guys I, I ordered rollerblades um, the other, and they initially the person forgot to put my apartment number address, so I had to call them. And then they it was going to come Friday, and then it, and then and then it ended up coming Saturday. So it came to the right apartment, and then I opened it up, and I was like, oh, these are the wrong color. Well, that's fine. And then I was like, oh. Oh, these only have three wheels. It's not the kind that I ordered. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. It's it's like a different kind than I ordered. Totally fine. I think they're probably nicer than what I ordered. Um, but they were also a size 12, and that is not my size. So not only did they get the oh, address man. wrong, they got the type wrong, they got the color wrong, and they got the size wrong. And like the whole time I was like, None Man. out of five ain't bad. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this this <laughs> is terrible. And the entire time I was like, I'm tired of ordering from Amazon, like we need to start ordering from like you know the manufacturers and shit or whatever you know these these like websites that actually sell the stuff because amazon at this point is basically it's like one name brand and then just like chinese shit like underpriced chinese shit um and so i'm like trying to steer away from that so i was like all right i'll go to this like you know it's inlineskates.com to you know i guess sort of call them out slash if you want to check them out you can um so I go there and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna ringing endorse people. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they won't fuck up your order, um, like they did mine. Maybe, maybe this guy was having a bad day or gal. Who knows? Um, but so that was, I was like, all right, I'm gonna try and you know support these businesses. Um, and now I probably have to ship this thing back and get a new one. And I just wanted some goddamn rollerblades. Is that so much to ask? Like. <laughs> I wanted to rollerblade around the park this morning, and I couldn't. That's all I want. This might be the highlight of the whole podcast. Yeah, that was a great story. I'm glad I told it now. Oh, man. Just the righteous, 
the righteous anger about not uh, having your goddamn rollerblades. Uh, it's so good. Oh man. So my. Oh my god. I, I can't really follow that up, but my my fatherly advice is going to be a podcast recommendation. Uh, it's a podcast I stumbled on, um, just trying to find something to help me stay focused while I was working, um, which is I'd say ninety percent of my podcast cast listening uh, habit is <laughs> stuff to listen to so I can focus on my work. Um, but this one is, is pretty entertaining. Um, it's from Tenderfoot TV, I think, is the uh, the studio, I guess, that produces it. But it's called uh, Whistleblower. And uh, for people that are my age, Johnny's age, Tony's age, uh, this is actually, it still feels pretty fresh, but it was nigh on 15 years ago now. But it, it goes into the uh, 2007 NBA uh game-fixing referee scandal with Tim Donahue. So this guy, he's a reporter, and he basically just gets in and basically just make friends with Tim Donahue and, like, all of his kind of entourage that were involved in this game-fixing and betting scandal. Um, and it's about, I want to say it's about four or five episodes in right now, so it's it's kind of hard to see where it's going to go at, right now, but so far it's just been super interesting getting into some of the minutia of, like, how easy it is to fix games, um, how theoretically you could fix a game and not make a single bad call uh, or wrong call, so to speak, and you can shave the points that you need to, to make sure that you win your bets um, at an 80% clip, I believe, is another they talk about in the podcast. So um, really interesting, and for you know, it, it's one of those stories where I'm like, I remember that one when it happened. <laughs> I remember the headlines. This is going to be really cool to listen to and hear some of the, yeah. you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on. So um, I highly recommend it. Give it a listen. Uh, Whistleblower is the name of the podcast. I think I had listened to that previously not that and and i don't know if that had previous seasons if i'm thinking of the right one but there was a podcast that sounds similar to that but it was i think it had started off it was talking about um watergate and then they had another they had another season talking about um clinton and the Lewinsky scandal yeah i don't don't remember if it was whistleblower or not oh i just thought it was a clever pun on uh because you know they're they're referees i didn't i didn't even consider the fact that they had potentially multiple seasons you could be right no i'm I'm not sure i i'm not sure if it's the same name or not i'll have to i'll have to take a look but that sounds it's kind of in the same you know i I feel like kind of style but that sounds super interesting because i totally remember that and i think he had if i remember correctly i think he refereed one of the lakers kings um western conference finals games or at least one um which that one i think had notoriously gone the lakers way as far as as far as calls went so um that is no that that's i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out as well whistleblower i'm gonna write that down i like those podcasts where they're like yeah it's kind of a fascinating study right like basketball as a sport is really ripe for that kind of uh, I guess corruption because the referees have a ton of power in in basketball. Um, I mean, in, across all sports, you know, officials have a, a lot of power. But it feels like with the NBA, especially, so you could kind of bend the game to your will to make the result what you want it to be. So, really interesting stuff. Nice, awesome. Well, um, so those are our recommendations there. Uh, I, I, my mind is already blanked. I don't even know. It's 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 you know, I don't know. I'm gonna blame. I'm two beers in. I think I'm gonna blame that. Um, but hey. rewind <laughs> like at least two minutes, and you will listen to all of them again, and and, and you can list them in your head. Um, but uh, but that is that is it basically for the for the bulk of the show today. Um, we we've gone over the exciting 
future for the Padres here going into the playoffs. Um, we've got some wonderly fatherly advice. And uh, other than that, I mean, if you want to reach out to us, please feel free to do so. You can do so at... Uh, the silence is deafening so far. <laughs> the silence is deafening. Please reach out to us. Please. <laughs> Talk to us. We're calling you. Uh, we're, we're screaming into the void. <laughs> um... <laughs> But uh, you can email us, uh, dadstalkingdads at gmail.com. I will say it's been a while since I've logged into that email, so I should probably check. <laughs> There's going to be dozens, dozens in there. They're like, hello, we, you, One you say to like, reach out. We've been reaching out. Why don't you? Why don't you? Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's my fault. Who knows? We we can be reached on Twitter, at dadstalkingdads. That's probably the, the the two best ways um because we haven't given out our phone numbers or address yet so you know i don't know the, the 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 night is young but for this episode of dad's oh wait i'm sorry you should also subscribe to us um on the podcast uh app that you use and uh tell your friends about us our name is dad talk dad's talking dads i'll get the name right i promise <laughs> and for this episode of dad's dads i'm johnny i'm joel I'm Tony. Thanks again for listening. Uh, get hyped about this postseason. The playoffs are just around the corner. And for God's sakes, go Padres. Go Padres. Yeah, fuck you, inline skates. <laughs> <laughs>